1: Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Night Pod. Night On Pod. Night. We every time we go Tuesday or Thursday, everything things get all weird. So I just say prepare yourself for a weird pod. Weird Pop,
2: I'm drinking, I'm drinking non-alcoholic beer, Andrew. It's getting wow. wild over here.
1: Get out of here. I'm drink, drinking uh, DPZ. Uh, Dr. Pepper Zero? Yeah, man. Now, did you ever get
2: into Dr. Pepper 10, the, the Dr. Pepper that was just for men? I
1: I, <laughs> I had it. I yeah? I didn't, no, didn't really get into mm. it. Hmm. I'm all in on the DPZ, because they released a cream soda version and a uh, cherry version. Of DP? Both are are very good.
2: Now, when they say zero, that's zero sugar, right?
1: Yeah, zero sugar. Do
2: they pump it full of stevia, though? Because I don't like the way stevia tastes.
1: Yeah, I'm just used to it by now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a fan of xylitol!
2: Give me xylitol!
1: (laughs) Uh, speaking of barfing noises, the Thunder won a game the other night against the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, it was uh, it was a great game. It fun was game. it was very fun. The I honestly, like the atmosphere and the then the Paycom Center. What do we call it? The Com the the uh, compound. What do we call it? Yeah, I don't know
2: what we call it. Somebody has a really good name, and I just forget it every single time.
1: Yeah, yeah
2: i keep i see you i see you now because you you have really upgraded your seats and it's very easy to point you out to my wife which i do multiple (laughs) plays per game i'll stand up right next (laughs) to the tv because you you can't see you in a half court set so i can only point when they're in transition Uh and i'll just be like that's andrew that's andrew that's and then you're (laughs) (laughs) it's
1: it's crazy like the seats are unbelievable uh like when the guys check in, they're just, like, right there. And then when yeah. they're doing the uh, – when they're reviewing a call, like, the officials are, were, like, the seat that I had for that particular game, they were just, like, right there in my face. And so I can just listen to them, like, talking on their stuff. And I, it's just weird. It's, like, super awesome. Now, it's is so it weird.
2: is it pretty uh, sedated on, on media Row? I mean, is there anyone cheering in media Row?
1: No, no. Everybody's – it's it's fun because like i'm sitting there with joe um you know like royce i've sat by royce a bunch yeah so so it's like it's fun to just sit there and it's and like we just like chat the whole time you know yeah you know like we just like observations that we have you know just, you should you should do it's a, great a, why
2: don't you do a live pod during the game <laughs>
1: it is so loud is, is the thing oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. but it would be cool you know we could have we honestly missed a, an opportunity to do it but I don't know if you could have done it last year with all the COVID protocols because there was because now because there were like these also, big dividers been, between us it
2: probably would have been uh, like too loud in the arena
1: like if you guys were just talking well we were talking we were far enough away where yeah. you could talk because they pumped in crowd noise into the arena, so maybe we couldn't have done it because they did, they were like still like playing music, like broom, dun, dun, broom, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh gosh, I'm just and a lot of the time I just lean back and look at somebody's like, who are they doing this for? Like, do the guys want this? Did they request to have the defense chance, you know, brought to them? It's cool, it pumps me but, up, but the crowds have been good when you know whenever they go on like a scoring run like the crowd gets loud and it's not full like especially against a team like the spurs like the crowd's not full but they're still active and engaged and excited
2: yeah i Just don't i don't blame anyone not wanting to uh spend money to go see the spurs gosh <laughs> yeah. man it, it's weird the first half of that game i was saying to myself this is exactly the type of team that's going to beat okc get us back on track <laughs> Because Mm -hmm. they they have like they're always trying to win. They've always been trying to win. They're they're not gonna you know cut any corners, and that's what that first half was like. I mean, they were getting so many steals. It felt like It felt like every single play was like a Derek White steal, and then it just all flipped. And I was reminded that you know what, this is a pretty bad team too. And it even more reminded me because now I'm starting to think, of course that that game sent me into like a a rabbit hole. Like, how good is this team? How good Mm -hmm. is this team? How good are they in reference to last year's team? All that. And uh, I started to think, like, how many teams would SGA be the best player on that team? Like, if mm. I just thought about it that way. And mm-hmm. it's a surprising number of teams. A yeah. surprising. It's it's maybe half the league.
1: You want to go through it?
2: Sure, let's go through it right now. Easy ones. Uh, now, Pelicans, I guess that's tough because, you know, I'm sure... You know, last year people would have said Zion for sure. Let's um, start with
1: the uh, worst net rating, all and then go up. Worst Pistons.
2: Pistons. Yes, easy.
1: No question. He'd be the best player of the Pistons. Easy. On the Pelicans with Fat Zion. Yes.
2: With I guess with yeah with Fat Zion, but with the, the Charles potential. Barkley
1: Shaq baby. Yeah. Who's not playing? Yes. Uh, the Magic. Yeah. Yes, easy. Uh, Houston. Yep. Yep. Then you get to Memphis, and that's you can Mem- wait. That's where they are in net rating. They're twenty fifth in net rating.
2: Damn it! I should have picked them as the fake surprise team.
1: <laughs> that that spells fake surprise, does oh it not? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh man, <gasps> I, I have I have, right I have
2: regrets about that because I watched them. Well, they almost they were getting blown out in that Minnesota game. Luckily, they came back and won it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. they have not looked as dominant as they did in that first week yep. I, sh- I should have sniffed that out yeah okay fine leave memphis aside if people want to say jobs better that's fine
1: yeah that to me that's we're splitting hairs it's just like what do you prefer like mega athlete versus like mega skilled like better shooter yeah uh minnesota i think yes yes Yes. I just don't know what to think about towns uh then you get to atlanta who's 23rd in net rating
2: God, I I didn't expect these many like goodish teams to be down here. Uh, I
1: think it's just that's it's it's kind of interesting to walk through this exercise like just to see who these like bottom 10 teams in net rating are, right? Oh, yeah. And and
2: that comes up when you talk about their strength of schedule right now. Mm-hmm. Cuz I think one of the reasons people are freaking out, if they're freaking out, I'm not freaking out, but some people might be, is that they've played the six most difficult schedules so far. Yeah, meaning that Uh, You know, they played, and we we knew going in it was going to be a tough schedule because you had Golden State, you had Utah, you had the Lakers twice, you know. And according to Tankathon, they have the seventh easiest remaining schedule. But, of course, that's all based on current records. So, you know, we're getting discounted, or like the Hawks are getting discounted. The Celtics are getting discounted. Teams like the Pacers are getting Mm -hmm. discounted. These are teams going into the season. We would say, oh, that's probably a game we're not going to be favored in. But yeah. right now, our remaining strength of schedule is being pulled down by teams like that.
1: So, like, what are the Lakers? Like, what does that count for?
2: What do you mean? Well, they're above like 500 the pe- now.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Like, that that that's team what, stunk when we played them.
2: Dude, that, that, I, I have watched so many Lakers games. Did you watch last night? Monday night?
1: I, I did not watch the Lakers last oh, night. Oh, my no. gosh.
2: So, in the third quarter... Russ is out, Rondo is in, and the Lakers had looked like trash for most of that game. They start mm-hmm. going on a run and they get up and they get up by almost 10 going into the fourth. And mm-hmm. then Russ comes back in and the game just kind of stops like <laughs> it's just kind of even until the 5 minute mark and dude, he just starts turning the ball over. And that game like should not time. have gone into overtime. There were so many opportunities for that game to not go into overtime. Luckily for them, they won, which they desperately need, because apparently Austin Reeves and Rajon Rondo are going to be out their next game, and they might only have an eight-man rotation. Like They are desperate for wins, so they needed that. Whatever. Okay, so go back to what we were doing. The Atlanta Hawks, let's say the push. If you want to say Trey Young's better, whatever. Uh, Fine.
1: Yeah. Charlotte.
2: I mean, again, you know, if you want to say Lamelo's better, he's I would.
1: Better than Lamelo, he's better than okay, Mello. okay, like, okay. I agree, Like, I agree. flat out. Like I'm sorry, You're trying to be he nice, trying to be nice. Yeah.
2: Hey, by the way, the, the my my bold take, which I felt like it was dead in the water, Hornets yeah. bottom five record in the league. I'm feeling a little bit better. I'm feeling feel a little bit, bit better.
1: better. Yeah. They've they've they lost five in a row. They've really struggled. <laughs> Really struggled recently, and and
2: they actually are struggling because of something I'll bring up later when we when we compare it to last year's team.
1: Yeah, Mavs no, Boston no, Bucks no, Bucks are 19th in net rating. Holy moly! Hmm. Lakers no, Pacers yes, yes. Uh, let's see, Spurs are 14th in net rating. Yes, wow, they beat a they beat a middle of the road team. Yes, Kings yes, yes. Cavaliers, where do you stand on the Cavaliers? I think yes. Uh,
2: I would say definitely yes for right now. I mean, I, I think the world of Evan Mobley, but it's way too early to say he's better than SGA. People are going
1: gaga over Evan Mobley. How, how could you not,
2: Andrew? How could you not go gaga?
1: He's good. People are going going gaga, though.
2: I, I, think, I think it's warranted, and guess what? I don't even care that Colin Sexton got hurt. I mean, I care that, you know, I hope he gets better and everything. But I yeah. think they're still going to be good. And I'm, I'm not backing down at all. They're still going to be the surprise team.
1: They get a Koro back. It, it They fit better with a Coral back.
2: They do. I think they could be like legitimately good defensively. Yeah. Swapping Jared out. Allen's
1: been, Jared Allen's been awesome. He has been. Uh, the Knicks, yes. Yes. The Raptors, yes. Yes. The Blazers, no. The Nuggets, no. The Wizards, we can say no. Okay. Clippers, no. Bulls? Mm, I mean, Levine's pretty good. Levine's good. Sixers, no. Heat? No. No. <laughs> Jazz? No. no. Warriors? No. So that's a lot of, you're it, right. It's that probably a it's, surprising number. It's like of
2: teams. 12, 12-ish teams, which now now thinking back to like our original question, like how bad is this team or how good is this team? It, it's just mm-hmm. an interesting way to think about it because it's like, we do have a better player than over a third of the league. Yeah. And, and it's just kind of hitting me because even last year we were saying to ourselves like, yeah, Shay's awesome, but like he can only do so much, you know, mm-hmm. like Lucas first, uh, his rookie season, they weren't good, but they also weren't bad yeah. because that was the yeah. year when they ended up with the 10th pick that went, turned into cam reddish that went mm-hmm. to Atlanta. I don't mm-hmm. think he's, I don't think he's as good as Luca, but I am starting to wonder, like, how bad this team is actually going to be. But again, they're only three and six. Like, big whoop. You know, I'm not. <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> I'm not freaking the
1: record. <laughs> the record isn't good, <laughs> right? And right, if LeBron right. James plays in one of those games, then yeah, they're, we're gonna have two, two wins. wins. Yeah, or, or yeah. So yeah, I just can't freak out about it either way. And and also like something that's like, I think Josh Giddy will be better than anybody other than Luca on the Mavs you know
2: what this year what or just talking. in general like future
1: just in general like it's going to be really tough for the mavericks to acquire a good player Like they like they use their all of their ammo on porzingis well they use all their ammo
2: on porzingis and then they just waste first and early seconds in like embarrassing really fashion
1: bad, really bad job in the draft
2: and and like the crazy thing is Memphis had picks like right next to them in all those drafts, and they <laughs> nailed every single one.
1: They got the Josh Greens of the world. Who have you heard the name Josh Green since the draft?
2: Nope, I, I hadn't heard Tyrell Terry since the draft. Like it, he's gone. He's not even on the team. Yeah, they just vanish.
1: And like I think I remember Bill Simmons having Tyrell Terry in like his top ten. Oh really? In that draft. Yeah. Mm. He's had like a pod with KOC and they were both like going, they were going gaga. They were going
2: goo goo gaga. (laughs) They were. They're (laughs) turning little babies. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But yeah, so uh, I think a a good place to start though, I actually want us to talk about Sam Vecini's big board first because this will kind of lead in to our discussion because uh, Sam Vecini released his first big board for the 2022 draft class today. And uh, no surprises at the top. We got Paolo and Chet one two, then mm-hmm. Jalen Duran from Memphis Duran right. It's not yeah. Durin. Jabari Smith Auburn Patrick Baldwin Milwaukee. Um, but the thing that the, the first thing that stood out to me because he lists it and then he just has some notes. He said that Paolo and Chet earn a tier to themselves. Start the year, I essentially have them as one A one B in this class. Although I don't see either right now as what I'd consider a typical number one overall pick in a normal draft Mm -hmm. class, which uh, you know is is frustrating because obviously you want to be bad in the year when there's a transcendent talent that everyone agrees from like the the second they stepped into like a middle school court, like this is going to be the guy. That's not going to be this season. Doesn't mean there won't be an amazing player in this draft class, but it's it's a it's kind of a good way to kind of set your expectations going into this college basketball season. There are, uh, you know, things that could happen. Like one of these guys could just be so obviously amazing by the end of the season that you just feel great. If you, if you land that player, the thing that Mm kind of worries me though, is what have we talked about? Like the last few draft cycles, if you're going to take a center, if you're going to take a big, at number mm-hmm. one or number two at the top top of the draft class, you have to be super confident that, that player isn't just like you know a Clint Capella, you know, like a really good big who everyone likes, although he's not that great this year, or even like a DeAndre Ayton, who I think people have come around on a little bit, but I still you know you still question taking a center that high. Clearly, the Phoenix questions it, and so if Sam Bassini already doesn't feel like these guys are those type of transcendent big men. Mm-hmm. I just I just, you know, it's kinda like, oh bummer like we need a big man, but also are these not the transcendent big man? We know Victor is next year. He seems to be one of those transcendent big men. Seems like it. I'm not upset about it because it's so early, but at the same time, it's like it's all big men at
1: the top. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's those are valid concerns. You know, I don't I don't know what the Thought process was on Evan Mobley to start the season. Even going into the draft, there were people that were like, eh, "I just don't know." Oh yeah, for sure. You know,
2: and and Evan, I do, so. and I kind of—I mean, I, that may be me going Gaga, but I kind of feel that way about him now. Yeah, where he's like a transcendent center.
1: Yeah, yeah, we just don't know. And I mean, there are there will be transcendent players like later in the draft too. You just have to be—you just have to nail it. Like the work. The thunder have to do right now like behind the scenes is so like the weight is heavy because it's not only like develop the players you have it's go find the next guy right yeah i think there's there's
2: more pressure to not miss because this isn't phoenix where like they completely botched a top 10 pick and it doesn't even really matter Yeah, if if that happened to OKC, like that's a huge deal. If they botch a top ten pick,
1: yeah, you cannot, you can't do that. You absolutely cannot do that. And they they did well in this last draft. You know, I think Josh is clearly a good player. Like clearly a, I think he'll be a starter. I don't know if he can be even like fringe all star, but like. I don't know that it matters if he is or not, but he, the fact that you think he can be a starter and has the size and the strength and all the passing ability that he's got. I mean, if he does develop a shot, I think he's got all-star potential, but you know, we're, we're a long ways away from figuring that out.
2: Yeah, yeah. That The Spurs game was kind of the first, well, I guess the game before that as well, where his offensive limitations were really on display first yeah. stretches of that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's 19. It's his first 10 games as a rookie. Like you don't really care because your expectations coming in were so low on the offensive mm-hmm. in terms of his scoring potential coming in. So I'm not, you know, worried about it. But you're, you know, those first couple games, it was like, oh my gosh, like by the end of the season, could this guy be scoring 20 a game like Lamella was? I don't know if I feel that way anymore, but I, I do feel like he could yeah. get to like, you know, 13 to 15 per game in his rookie season, yeah. that wouldn't be crazy. And that'd be awesome based on where we that, were coming in.
1: That'd be amazing. I'd be surprised if he did it. Uh, I, just, I, don't, I don't know that he'll do it this year, but I think that he has the ability to make the jump from year one to year two for, just for something like that, where he's going to be able to have a year under his belt, where he has had multiple reps against you know all these teams, which I think is really important for him so that he can see the court, understand it better, understand who he's playing against a little bit better and then come into year 2 and have like a good idea of how he wants to attack like each each situation and i th- i think that that's when we'll see like i'm not i'm just not really worried about his offensive production this season at all um you know i i want you want to see growth, you want to see the potential shine through but really, this this season is about, like, reps and, like, what, like, kind of, like, situational reps can you give him? And I love that Mark put him in at the end of the game and kind of let him create, you know, that shot for Dort. Yeah. At, at the end of that Spurs game. I think, like, those kind of, like, mental reps are really, really important. And, you know, he's, even if he just makes, like, the all-rookie second team and, like, people are excited about him and, you know, if he doesn't, even finish in the top, you know, four for rookie of the year. Like I was just like I just don't really care. Like, that's just not always even the best indicator of what people's careers are going to be. So. Yeah, we
2: we talked about uh, Gary Neal was a first team All Rookie. Yeah, back in the day.
1: Yeah, he had uh he had his moments, Gary Neal. He did, but
2: yeah, I mean with Josh, like you feel good because he already has an elite NBA skill, which even for top picks, like lottery picks, that's kind of rare. In their rookie yeah. season, to already be showing an elite NBA skill, like yeah,
1: elite. Even Sabonis, who became an All Star, like what was he elite at his rookie season? I would argue nothing. Getting
2: to the line, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Avoiding the free throw line, uh, not using his right hand at all. Yeah, you know, but but like, even like there like, is,
2: yeah. You look at last year, like guys in that range, you know, like Isaac Okoro, for instance, like he came in. Marketed as a great defender, but it wasn't like he's instantly a lockdown defender coming into the league. Yeah, you know, I mean,
1: his his offense has a long way to go still. Like he he looked pretty bad in summer league.
2: Yeah, even someone like Patrick Williams, who who I'm still high on, but is out for the year. Like he didn't come in with like an elite NBA skill. And then for so for Josh to have that, and then to already be exceeding our expectations in terms of scoring and defense. Like yeah, yeah, you can't really complain that much.
1: Yeah, you listened to the low post that was released yesterday.
2: Uh, yeah, I was a little upset because like he he mentioned Giddy briefly at the beginning. Yeah, and then by the end, it was like lightning round. Only going to talk about him for a minute, you know. It's like yeah, we, he deserves more than that. He deserves more. Than Come that. on, they still
1: had still had praise for him. Still had praise, yeah. but not enough. <laughs>
2: Yeah. I I just slow it down to half speed to yeah. to get my fill. Hey,
1: at least Thunder fans can feel good that there wasn't like a full Shangun segment or something. That's you know? true,
2: dude. I was looking at uh, you know, the Darko model. Have you heard yeah. that? And Shangun yeah. is number one right now among all rookies. <laughs> He's if like if his season ended today, it would be like the highest Darko score of any rookie in like recent memory. Wow. Anyway, that's
1: that's wild. How are you feeling about
2: Jalen Green? Um, I guess not as good as uh, coming into the season. I mean, he he just looked so ready in the ignite games, yeah, in in a way that obviously Kuminga didn't, but even a lot of the guys in the top six didn't. And so mm-hmm. I kind of felt like right off the bat he's gonna be like an eighteen point per game scorer like Scotty Barnes is right now. So yeah. I mean that's a little disappointing, but uh, you know whatever. I, I just that Houston team, man, that is a true tanking team. Yeah, I, I'm I'm suck. really starting to wonder: can you tank without a injury and or dysfunction? They haven't had injury, but they seem to have some dysfunction with Christian Wood.
1: They yeah, well, yeah they well yeah I think there's dysfunction all around. I think that it, I think that the the guys they have are are not easy to play with. Like that group is not easy to play with. Like a Jalen Green, KPJ backcourt is not easy to play with.
2: Well, shang probably their best passer. Like if he could be their point guard, he'd probably do the best job. Like Kevin Porter Jr., they're trying to like fit him into that role. And he certainly had moments, but he is not a natural point guard at all.
1: No, 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 he's not. And even like Shangoon is like, he's still sec like he's a secondary creator like they don't have anybody they got to really. they got to put him at the
2: nail, Andrew, let that's him run it. Right.
1: <laughs> but yeah, Sick. yeah. But that's never going to happen on that team. No, you it, know like it, it, all yeah. the shots are are going to Christian Wood, Jalen Green, and KPJ. Like that's yeah. that's the team.
2: But you 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 do need disgruntled vets. I I think that's an important part of a tank cuz they sour the mood. That that legitimately if you want to complain about tanking and how it's not bad for, for uh, the young rookies, like uh-huh. what would that really mean? It'd mean that they're being surrounded by vets who like don't want to be there and aren't mm-hmm. like actively engaged, which seems to be yep. much more of what's going on in Houston, much less what's going on in Oklahoma City when Bayes comes out. And before anyone asks him a question, the first thing he's talking about is how much he loves Mike Muscala. <laughs> like it seems like such a good environment in Oklahoma City.
1: It's – it is. It's hard to, it, it doesn't, there's, everybody's in a good mood all the time. Like it doesn't really matter what's going on. Like every. Yeah. and a lot of that is the culture that Presti's created. A lot of it's the fact that the team, at least the guys at the top are bought into what Mark is saying. And then that trickles down to everybody else where like if Shea believes it, well, then we, I have to believe it too, you know, or if Muscala believes it, then I have to believe it too kind of thing. And, you know, I do think that the fact that the Thunder are very, like, open and honest and, like, it keeps those vets from, like, being disgruntled some. Like, Favors, I don't, like, Favors doesn't want to be on the Thunder. Like, come right. on. Like, he, but I think they're very open with, like, what the plan is with him. Just because, and I don't know that for with certainty, but, you know, that's the way it has, that's the way it's been with every other vet, though. And so there's like, I don't know, they, they've done a really good job and perhaps, you know, maybe the environment itself is worth like six wins. You know what I mean? The fact that like people aren't pissed off or like upset about touches or upset about minutes or whatever, you know, like maybe that's worth a certain amount of wins. Yeah. Everyone just the fact that you will fight. Everyone
2: is on the same page. Um, Yeah, you you just never hear like one peep. And like those Christian Wood tweets, like they're, they're not that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things. Like who Mm -hmm. cares? But we haven't heard we haven't had something even like half of that come out of Oklahoma
1: City. Yeah. We haven't even and some of that's the person it's the personality of the players too that they have chosen for this team as well. Well, yeah, I mean I don't <laughs> I don't think they would have brought Christian Wood to this team. Well, dude, there's, like I just I just don't think if, even if they were just like, hey, you can have Christian Wood on the minimum. I think they would say, no thanks. Well, dude,
2: uh, Detroit, like they could have had him. He they yeah. they knew how good he was. Like he was getting like some All-Star buzz last year before he got hurt and they just let him go. And they could have had him for cheap. Yep. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And they let him go. They would rather play Jeremy yeah. Grant double the money yep. than have Christian Wood on their team.
1: Because because Jeremy's a good dude. Yeah. Like Jeremy's great. And that I mean, that kind of stuff really does matter if you're trying to build towards something. And like the problem and I and I get it. Like there's a lot of people that think tanking is bad. And I think there are some like bad ish versions of it that look like this you know where boy Jalen Green better be a star you know well like that's like those are the things that like eventually will lift you up and and make all this stuff not matter at all but like you need to have the stars and maybe you could even
2: argue like looking back now knowing what we know like the early part of Devin Booker's career could have likely been that like people could have been diagnosing that correctly because now based on what we learned from that ESPN report like the You know, culture around that team was horrible, not necessarily the players, but like all the staff and everything. Whereas you never Mm -hmm. would feel like that was the case in Oklahoma City.
1: Yeah. Knock on wood. Yeah. I mean,
2: right. (laughs) 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 Board's coming out tomorrow. Uh, Okay. Real quick, I want to go back because, you know, I might have disappointed some people. Oh, by the way, if there was a name that jumped out to me already Mm -hmm. in in San Bassini's first big board. It was Patrick Baldwin, and and the reason I liked him was because he just sounds like a Thunder guy. He said, a lot of NBA evaluators like to bring up his weaknesses, saying he's not an elite athlete and doesn't have a ton of game off the bounce to be a shot creator. That sounds fine to me. He said, his mechanics are pristine. He's talking about him as a shooter. His balance is awesome. Awesome shooting is arguably the most important skill for players who aren't necessarily superstars. He isn't just a good shooter; he has a chance to be an elite one by the time he's twenty-five. And he's six-nine. I left that
1: part out. I was gonna say. I was gonna say the size thing is the—that's the, uh, the moneymaker, man. Because if
2: there's one thing I've noticed earlier in the year, it is that so many of these awesome giddy passes are just going to waste, <laughs> just thrown in the
1: trash. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yes. And wouldn't it be there nice to have a six so nine many. forward who shoots like forty five percent from three? Wouldn't that be
1: nice? Yeah. Be cool. I don't know much about Baldwin. I
2: just, just told you all you need to know.
1: Is what is he's a wing for sure. Uh
2: yeah. Let me his okay. so his wingspan uh let me tell you his wingspan. So he's six nine, six eleven wingspan. So he's not negative
1: wingspan. Ooh, baby. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's in, that's interesting. They, I mean, they they need like an elite shooter <laughs> so bad,
2: they, so
1: they, bad. They, I mean, they are. I mean, they look are at scala
2: on this team. He's legitimately one of the it, best man. low minute players in the league right now, and it's yeah. of course it's like a hot start or whatever. But he is he looks amazing on this team.
1: He Does, yeah, yeah, it's wild it's wild what he did in that first half when he hit those three threes in a row it's like man doing great it's what's, what's going on here
2: uh but anyways to make people feel better i, I went back and looked at Sam Vicini's big board for the last three years okay yeah i'm just going to read you the top 10 this is this was his big board 1.0 so it would have come out around this time in whatever year it was okay yeah all right this this one's actually really interesting so this is 2020 Last year's draft. Number one, Anthony Edwards, Cole Anthony, James Wiseman, LaMelo Ball, Tyrese Maxey. He had him fifth. Ooh, Isn't that crazy? My guy. Denny, yeah. Denny Avdia, Teo Maladon, seven.
1: What? Wow. Jaden
2: McDaniels, RJ Hampton, Obi Toppin. That was his top 10 that year. So, guys not in that top 10, Tyrese Halliburton, who had it 11, which I think is actually where he ended up being picked. Uh mm-hmm. Killian Hayes was lower than Tao at that time. Pretty interesting. Um okay. Two thousand nineteen. So this is the uh Zion year. Top ten. RJ Barrett, Zion Williamson, Nasir Little. Nasir Little. Cam yeah, Reddish. Yeah. Romeo Langford, number five. Wow. Quentin Grimes, who was did not end up being in that draft. I was gonna say number six in this last draft. DeAndre Hunter. Keldon Johnson, that's a pretty good one to get hit, yeah. have him at eight. Rui Hachimura and Daniel Gafford, he had him at 10.
1: Wow. So he
2: didn't have, you know, Darius Garland. Uh, I'm looking at some of the other names. Jarrett Culver, who ended up jumping. He actually had Darius Baisley at 23. That's kind of impressive. Interesting. His big board 1.0. Huh. Uh, okay, last one. This is 2018, so this is the Luka Draft top 10. Luka, DeAndre Ayton. Marvin Bagley, Michael Porter Jr., Mo Bamba, Jaron Jackson Jr., Miles Bridges, Colin Sexton, Kevin Knox, Bruce Brown. Outside of Bruce Brown, he actually like almost nailed that top nine yeah. of who would actually go there.
1: Yeah, that's impressive.
2: Um, so, actually, going back, you know. Where was Trey Young? He wasn't even in. Dude, I, so I Control F'd Trey Young. He was not in his top 60. At that point, no. I, su- oh wait, hold on. No, I swear. I'm control effing Trey. He is not in this list.
1: Wow. Yeah. T R A E, not in it. T R A
2: E. Man, that's that's, that's quite wild, a, that's a huh? that's a big jump to go from, you know, basically a, a beyond top sixty player to be you know top five pick. That's pretty yeah. long. Um. So, anyways, like anything,
1: anything can happen. You know. Can I mean, happen. that tells you. You know,
2: but also Sam Vecini has some really good picks in there. Some that were kind of surprising.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sam's the best, man. Okay, He's the best.
2: I'm going to share my screen. Okay. For uh, people who are watching,
1: hey, while you're sharing your screen, before that, let's take a quick break.
2: Okay. Looking for an assist
0: with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24/7 U.S. based live customer service from Discover. Michelob ultra courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear courtside seats to an NBA game and more head over to Michelob slash courtside to learn more.
1: All right, we're back from that quick break. Alex is going to share his screen here. And before I throw this up, uh, you guys, if you haven't gotten your tickets yet for the down-to-dunk night at the arena on Monday night, you, you've you got to do it. Alex is about to hop on an airplane and join us here in Oklahoma City. It's going to be so, so, so much fun. Uh, I cannot wait for it. We're going to have a live podcast before the game. We're going to walk over to the game together. We're going to have... Uh, lots of chants during the game that are going to be hilarious. We're going to take a big group picture uh, at half court and do a half court shot competition, mm. and you'll have a chance to win a thunder uh, prize pack. Great, great prize pack from the Thunder. So be there or be square. Have you, you can go have find you, that link. Oh, what? What is it? Uh, nothing.
2: Finish, finish the read.
1: <laughs> just go find go find the link on the Down to Dunk Twitter page. It's uh the pinned tweet currently. So uh you better act fast. Better act fast.
2: Uh, I was gonna ask you, do you had do you know anyone who's ever gotten to take a half court shot in a real game or like uh gotten a thunder prize pack, like for one of their little you know, trivia games or whatever they do? Any anybody you know? Uh
1: I know a guy who won the twenty thousand dollars. Really? for the mid first shot competition. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Yep. That's a yep, dream.
2: That's got to be a dream.
1: He put wood floors in his house.
2: <laughs> really? I think I would retire.
1: <laughs> Get out of this rat race, you know. I would uh I just invested in NFTs, man. That's Oh cool.
2: yeah, Andrew's a crypto bro.
1: Crypto bro, just throw it yeah. into crypto. He's gonna
2: get he's gonna buy a couple bored apes. Okay. <laughs> so I wanted to compare uh if you're watching at home, you can you can see all of this on your screen. I wanted to compare this year's team to last year's team because one of my uh things that I believe strongly in coming into this season was this team is so much worse than last year's team. So much worse. I really truly believe that coming into this season. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Mm -hmm. seeing them these last couple of days, it's like, is it that different? Like, am I watching a rerun of last season? So I'm comparing this year's team through nine games to last year's team through nine games. So the first thing up on the screen, which I will describe for the listeners at home is the top 12 players in terms of minutes played on these two teams, and uh, for the, for those on YouTube, you know, if you see any, make any observations, shout them out. And if I uh, find them interesting, I'll, I'll read them out. Um, but one thing that stuck out to me was last year's team. Of course, you have Al Horford and George Hill playing over 25 minutes a game. Um, you have Hamadou Diallo playing 21 minutes a game. Kenrich Williams was only playing 11 minutes per game back in the early part of that season. And he played all the games. He played all nine games. Poku was playing more games. Poku at that time, isn't that crazy? Rookie Poku was playing 16 minutes per game, currently only playing 14 minutes per game. Um, that definitely stuck out to me because on the one hand, like Al Horford, George Hill, very good players, we basically replaced them with Josh Giddy and Kendrick Williams in terms of like the big Bennett's guys. I mean, Kendritch is averaging 21.7. Giddy's up at 29. Um, anything else stick out to you about the, the two lineups? Yeah, Justin Jackson was averaging 24 minutes a game, but he only played in two games of those first uh, nine. Teo, oh yeah, Teo was, uh, he was playing 20 minutes per game last year and he is not, oh yes he is. He's playing 14 minutes per game this year. It's just very interesting because, you know, Teo and Poku, you would say, were two of the worst players on the team last year. High minute rookies. And, they're getting fewer minutes this year than they were last year. Now, obviously some of that is guys like JRE, who's also you know now a rookie getting 17 minutes per game. But anyways, it was just kind of interesting. So now I'm going to scroll down and we're going to look at some stats comparing this year's team through nine games to last year's team through nine games. So, on the uh, on the right hand side, you'll see 2021. I gave you the uh, you know the value and then the league rank. So for instance, offensive efficiency, Andrew, mm-hmm. terrible. Both teams this year we're second. <laughs> we're the second worst offense in the league, 98. Last year we were the second worst offense in the league through nine games at
1: 103.5. Offense is down overall, right?
2: But like compared to the rest of the league, this offense is just as bad relative as last year's offense was. It's bad. And by the way, quick tangent. look at this. I made this for you. Bottom two offenses <laughs> in the league going back a decade because I wanted to see like how good could a team finish if they had a bottom two offense? And the best finish was probably Chicago in 2020. They finished 22 and yeah. 43, but that was 24th, which would have been equivalent to the seventh pick. Now Sacramento, they won 27 games. Like Philly has won 28 games with a bottom two defense. So I don't Uh know if this is encouraging or or discouraging, but this is just to show you what teams who have had a bottom two ranked offense have done the rest of the season. Most of these teams ending up at like the worst team in the league or like a bottom three team. Yeah. Okay. Back to this. True shooting. True shooting down this year last year they were the 20th ranked team true shooting this year the 29th which obviously yeah. if you've watched this team like they're bricking so much
1: this some is some of this Dort too right like Dort had such a hot start last year yeah he
2: did for sure um going forward it's going to be important to know that these teams are basically had the exact same pace they're not necessarily playing mm-hmm. any faster they're actually playing slightly slower than they did last year but it's basically equivalent 101 to 100 Um, Mm -hmm. free throw attempts per game this was really interesting because last year they were 26 in the league 19.9 free throw attempts per game this year not that much difference 20.2 but they're at 16th in the league because the free throws across the league are down but Oklahoma City has basically stayed the same it's kind of encouraging yeah yeah points in the paint points in the paint basically the exact same 43.3 points in the paint per game last year, 43.3 this year. And I'm thinking that is just all Shay because like the, this team has so many drives into the paint. Yeah. It's not, it has nothing really to do with like who the big men are basically. Yeah. Fast break points, basically the same drives. Look at the difference in drives. Now last year they were at 56.2 drives per game. That was good for second in the league. This Mm -hmm. year, they are first in the league at 70.2 drives per game. Yeah. Increased by 40. It does, because it's like everyone's driving. It's like if it's not Giddy, it's Basley. If it's not Basley, it's Dort. If it's not Dort, it's SGA. Like every single player on this team is driving all the time.
1: Yeah. By the way, are you pleased with Dort's finishing?
2: Well – I was as confused as Mikey was uh, when you were talking about it, but then you had that stat about how he's had so many dunks, and like that has to be Isn't that it. Isn't the right? weirdest
1: thing? I found that I was—we were doing the Dream Team show earlier today, and I was—we were looking at Dort's stats, and I—I I saw it for the first time and just could not even believe it. Yeah, I could not believe that he already has more dunks this season than he did last season.
2: It's wild, and obviously that must be the reason, because it's not like he's taken so many shots in the restricted area. If eight of those are dunks, that's going to yeah, boost up his percentages.
1: It kind of surprised me too, because that dump off to Dort from Giddy, basically to win the game against the Spurs, he dunked that, and it was a little bit surprising because he just like jumped off two feet and just dunked it with two hands right there. When it, you know, it's typically like a layup for him, so yeah. that was just interesting.
2: Uh, Three-point attempts per game. Last year, they were third in the league with 40 per game. This year, they're 12th in the league, 37.7. Not that big of a difference. Mm-hmm. Three-point percentage, as bad as it's been, they were also pretty bad last year. They were 33.5 last year, 27th in the league. This year, they're 30.1%, 28th in the league. Where that gets really interesting is when you look at the open three-pointers. So these are when someone is within, isn't it like two to six feet? Yeah. So two to six feet. How many open three-point attempts do you have per game? Basically the same as last year. 14 attempts last year, 13.4 this year. But look at the difference in open three-point percentage. Last year they shot 31.7%, which is terrible. That was 24th in the league. This year they're shooting 23.1% on open three-pointers, which is dead last in the league.
1: There, There are guys, though, that aren't that are shooting unsustainably bad from three. Oh, I
2: know. Like, if anything, going through this exercise actually made me feel like this team is way more likely to be better.
1: They can play better. They can definitely play better. Because if you look at, like, the amount of guys that are shooting so poorly from three, Poku, 27%, Baisley, 26%, Giddy, 25%, Ty Jerome, 25%. Dort twenty two percent, Teo thirteen percent. Yeah, it's been
2: brutal. Like, and so many of like those that, are that, open. That whole
1: that whole group has the talent to be in the thirties. Like they all do. Of them.
2: Yeah, and and like what Teo three hasn't been open or wide open.
1: It's disrespectful at this point
2: to himself.
1: To Teo, to Teo. the way that pe- the the way that people are just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Do your thing. Then
2: you have wide-open three-point attempts per game. So this is when no one's within six feet of you. I had no idea that <laughs> both years, through the first nine games, they were number one in the league. So last year, 25 attempts per game. This year, 21.7 attempts per game.
1: That stat is a is really interesting one because you think like, oh, man, they're wide open. Well, most of the guys that are wide open are wide open for a reason. You Ooh, either create true. a it's good a shot for, for a good player or or the shot's wide open because nobody cares.
2: Oh, I, I was hoping it would be like, oh, Shea is so good at driving and kicking. But you're like, no, it's just <laughs> surrounded by terrible shooters.
1: I mean, honestly. No, that's there's... true. That, that That is
2: the reason. I didn't think of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no one guards Teo. No one cares. No one's going to guard Lou Dort right now. Like, they just won't. Yeah. They don't care.
2: And uh, their percentage on those wide open threes is basically the same. 35% last year, 36% this year. Passing, I was like, okay, we brought Josh Gideon in here. We got Shea. I bet passing has shot way up. Passes per game, almost exactly the same. 294 last year, yeah. 288 this year, middle of the league. Potential assists. Yeah. I was thinking, okay, here we go. 45.7 <laughs> last year, 47.6 <laughs> this year. Again, middle of the league. Yeah. Assist yeah. percentage. What percentage of plays finish in an assist? last year, 55.7% this year. So it's like not really that much difference so far compared to last year's team. Yeah. Uh, Then we get to some defensive numbers. So last year at this time, through nine games, OKC had the 11th ranked defense in the league. What is interesting is they have the exact same defensive efficiency as last year. 107.9 last year, 107.1 this year. But now they are 20th in the league. Because of the, you know, everyone not being able to shoot the ball early in the season. So they're yep. they're technically playing just as good of defense, but relative to the like current league, they are worse.
1: Relative to the rest of the league, yeah. I, mean, I read that stat on Slam and Jam where like almost everybody has a defensive rating that's you know, one oh five. You know, half right, the league. Right, does. Right. And last season there was nobody.
0: High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh,
2: What is the criteria? Oh, the criteria for potential assist is when uh, you pass the ball, and it would have been an assist if he had made it, right?
1: If they would have made the shot, yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, Contested shots. OKC last year at this time, number one in the league. This year, number Mm -hmm. two in the league. They're contesting a lot of shots. Effort stat. Effort stat. More interesting, contested three-pointers. Last year, they were about middle of the league. This year, number one in the league. They contest 27 three-pointers per game, which I if you saw my tweet about this, it's very strange yeah. because yeah, they're apparently contesting weird. a lot of threes, but they're also giving up like the fifth highest amount of wide-open threes in the league. And mm-hmm. there's, there's been some theories. Now, McKellie said that they might be pulling data from different sources. So they're... Mm-hmm. They're kind of counting it differently. Um, another person said that contesting a shot is just running towards the person and holding your hand up, and even if that's beyond six feet, it might still be counted as a contest, which is kind of funny because it's like, well, what's the point? Why why are we why are, <laughs> are we measuring it that way?
1: McKelly yeah, McKelly was
2: know, saying but... that uh, it was Vantage Sports. So that was where we used to do pods, right? Mm-hmm. That they did a study and that the best way to define contested shots was running towards a guy, hand up, within three feet. And, and mm-hmm. I have no indication that that's what NBA.com is using. So that's why, that's one of the reasons yeah. why that stat might be weird. Um, uh, uh, Steve Thunderfan, you know, uh, uh, Stephen Dolan on Twitter, mm-hmm. he was bringing up that <laughs> Baisley has led the league in contested three-point shots Last year and and this year, which is just kind of like a a strange thing.
1: Shots that he's con- like he's contesting the most three. Yeah, like
2: as a defender.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Which is just very interesting because it like uh, it has to show something. Like uh, maybe it's showing uh, like energy, you know.
1: Yeah. Also, like good defenders often put their. their opponents in places where they can't shoot too
2: right true yeah uh scott grossman on twitter said the eye test says he's a step too far for rotations and ends up closing out late and lunging quite a bit so like he's he's yeah he's trying to contest but they're not good contests necessarily
1: yeah i was gonna say it doesn't necessarily that stat's just confusing because it doesn't necessarily say that like wow like he contested the most shots like Cool. Like most, isn't always quick, yeah. Like though, because like because some of the other stats, the great defenders don't let people shoot
2: because uh, they're they're obviously all like lumped in with hustle stats. So you have mm-hmm. like deflections or like loose balls recovered. Like loose balls recovered. Mm-hmm. That's probably legitimate. Like that's probably always good to be someone who gets yeah. a lot of loose balls. <laughs> but contests th- that could just be a random thing. I mean, it's hustling in some sense, but is it really an indication that you're good? At defense, probably not.
1: It, it it could mean that you've lost your guy. <laughs> yeah, you're and just they have now running. had the ball, and you are just <laughs> running as fast as you can to get to them every time. You're like
2: at the opposite three point line, just running towards the other three point line, and that's a contest. You're twenty feet away.
1: At, at least he's contesting. <laughs> he's Contesting. But, you know. Uh,
2: this one blew my mind. So I was thinking they have no interior presence. Opponent restricted area attempts per game last year mm-hmm. through 9 games 31.7 attempts in the restricted area which was 4th in the league this year 22.4 27th in other words they're not getting like demolished inside even if that's happened in a few games and yeah. you look at the opponent restricted area percentage and this year they're 13th like they're kind of middle of the road and you look at the you know the who the team who's like one of the worst is Charlotte with Mason Plumley. Yeah. And I forgot the team who's number one. It might actually be, uh, or like 30th. It might actually be the Minnesota who has like the highest opponent restricted area percentage. And they're, all, they're both above really 70%. I just thought that was interesting because, mm. you know, I think of this team as just having like no resistance at the rim. But they're like fine based on these stats.
1: Yeah, they've got good point of attack defenders too that deter drives where like, Charlotte, like who's deterring drives um, for Charlotte?
2: Hmm. I mean, they've got they got a lot of active guys.
1: They got active guys, but like head of steam, like you can get where you want to go. Yeah, it's harder. It's harder with the Thunder to do that. There's a, and there's also like a lot of like drive and kick stuff because those guys are. There is such a heavy responsibility on everybody to cut these drives off. That there's a ton of driving kicks. Right. You know, that happened against the Thunder.
2: And then the last little category here, rebounding. Again, one of those things I was like, oh, that must have dropped off. Defensive rebound percentage, basically the same as last year. They're middle of the road. Offensive rebound percentage. Last year, they were worst in the league. They only collected 20.1% of available offensive rebounds. Worst in the league. This year, 24.6%, which is good for 22nd in the league. Which... You know, Bays has been good rebounding this year. Giddy's obviously been a good rebounder. Yep. But you think about last year and you're like, I guess Moses Brown wasn't playing at that point. But, you know, Al Horford, mm-hmm.
1: you're thinking, oh, well, they must have been better. Favors is averaging, you know, how many offensive rebounds he's averaging per game? What? Favors. Is he
2: averaging like two?
1: two? 2.3. Wow. Well, you know how many defensive rebounds? 3.8. Like it's. Yeah. Almost the same number of offensive ports. I mean, yeah, you, you go between I mean, Favors is two point three, Giddy is one point two. And I I need to figure out how to find this stat. Maybe I don't know who I can ask to figure this out. But that one point two feels like it's those are only his shots. You know? <laughs> yeah. He's always rebounding his own misses. Yeah. Always. Uh Jerry is one. Isaiah Roby, when he's played, which has not been much, is one. Baisley is at point nine. Kenrich is at point nine. dorts at point eight. I mean, it's it, all that adds up. You know, there's not any like, gr- there's not a great rebounder on this team, but there's a bunch of decent ones.
2: And that's why, like, so going through this exercise, you know, I went in it thinking like I'm going to come away thinking that this team is obviously playing worse than the team who started off five and four last year. And in some ways Mm -hmm. they are, you know, shooting is obviously down, but I came away from this thinking like this team's actually better at some of the things I thought they were terrible at. And there's a ton of room for growth as far as their shooting is concerned. Yeah. Which makes me think that like, is this team not that much different from last year's
1: team? Andrew. Um, Andrew. I think I mean I think that they are I think they're i mean they're younger you know which matters they'
2: they are younger but it, they're not bit. like leaning into it the way that even they were leaning into it at the beginning of last season like when we talk about those teo and and poku minutes like they they could for for a team that's this young their minutes distribution could look a lot younger
1: it could and I think it will I think that things will i think they're gonna Shuffle some of the G League guys back here, and I think you're going to see some Trey Mann minutes. You know, I think that's going to happen. I think you'll see some Vid Crutchy minutes. I think Mm, you'll see more than the five seconds. What about Aaron Wiggins? What about Aaron Wiggins? Yeah, Aaron Wiggins is going to have his time. There's, I have zero doubts about that, that he will have his time with this squad. So, and eventually, there's probably going to be uh, like
2: an injury, like even if it's just like for a week or two, like.
1: Yeah, there'll be right an injury, now. they'll stop playing Mike at some point. You know, that will happen. So, I mean, I, my guess is that they will lean into how young this team is, and you'll see, you know, 320 20-year-olds and Teo, Poku, Trey Trey Man, with 19-year-old Josh Giddy, you know, 21-year-old JRE all playing together. Yeah. Which would be nice because – You know, like that,
2: that'll happen. I mentioned earlier about how like look at all these teams that Shea would be the best player on their team. Like look at the standings now. I feel like OKC is better than Houston. I know they blew us out by 30 points, but like
1: – Yeah.
2: And if, if they're playing like this, like I would expect OKC to finish ahead of Houston with everything that seems to be going on in Houston. It feels like that's more volatile than what OKC has going on right now.
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean, to me, you just they just need to try to finish in the bottom five.
2: Yeah, and then the Pelicans, who we play tomorrow, on Wednesday night.
1: Yeah, Wednesday night.
2: They are terrible.
1: They're real bad. Oh my man. gosh,
2: dude, I, I was, uh, com, which is a, a blog, you know, Pelicans blog. They had, like, I was reading this post about, yes, it's terrible right now, but here are some, like, things we can be hopeful about you know, certain players who are are playing well or whatever. And then they had a list of all the teams since the playoffs expanded to 16 teams who had started off two and eight or worse and made the playoffs. And it's a list of about like 15 teams or whatever. I'm going through it. And I realized that only one of those teams is in the Western conference. It's like all the other 14 of the 15 teams were in the East
1: the West is brutal man which is just it like continues to be brutal.
2: They they were doing it as like to give their fans hope. But after I realized that I was like, mm-hmm. oh man, like the Pelicans are so screwed. Like I don't
1: I don't know what they do. They're absolutely screwed. And they're going to get a high but pick they and they'll get it they'll
2: get another another uh, young star to bring in.
1: And they'll screw it up.
2: And they'll screw it up.
1: And that star will be somewhere else. Like they'll It just, I mean, all of this—it's—it just like emphasizes over and over again, like how important ownership and management is. You know, it really, oh yeah, for sure, absolutely matters. Who is who is running the show, and how it's being handled, and being process oriented matters. I mean, look at how they've jumped. I mean, they—they, it was a year ago that they extended Stephen Adams. Yeah. You know, they decided like okay, this is gonna be our guy. We're gonna get him. And there was it it was not a you know, it wasn't a secret that David Griffin had been trying to get Steven Adams for several years. And he finally got him, extended him, and moved on from him, and then got Valentunas and then extended Valentunas and like is Jonas Valanciunas, like the future center of the Pelicans? I think if you're a Pelicans fan, you're kind of like, uh I don't know. I don't know what are we doing here? <laughs> what's going on? Like, what's the plan? Well, I mean, there's no it, it, there's no real plan. The argument
2: is that like, well, it's he's on a very tradable contract now. Which like I I suppose, but like how many teams are really out there looking for center? Like I was trying to come up with trade partners for use of Nurkic. And it's like That's what I'm it's saying. not a super long you, list. Like the best trade I could come up with, what do you think about this one? Let me run this by you. Okay. Nurk to the Charlotte Hornets. We just talked about how they're terrible inside defensively. Terrible. for Kelly Oubre. Six, seven wing. That's straight. That's
1: straight gross. Trailblazers
2: desperately need a wing because their four best players are guards.
1: That would... But to Kelly... I mean, you know. You know the the book on Oubre, man.
2: I know, but the, I'm just... Well, we'll talk about it on Friday because uh, the... the the Portland trailblazers are the wheel of fandom team and they have so much going on. We got the Neil Olshea report on their wheel of fandom week. How lucky is that?
1: (laughs) I don't know if it's lucky. I think it's pretty lucky. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. If you haven't listened to the Saturday slam and jam pod, be sure to subscribe to the athletic NBA show. Alex and I do a show every Saturday uh, for the athletic NBA show. It's been very fun. If you haven't, if somehow you listen to this and you haven't listened to that, you should go back and listen to our uh, OKC episode that we did two weeks ago. Uh, also, this past Saturday, we had tas of No Dunks on, which was super great. He was, man, he was awesome. Like, he was really like, gracious with his time and, like, took time to, like, chat with us afterwards, which was really fun. Um, just a good dude. So that was really fun. So be sure to go listen to that uh okay al yeah the next time that i see you it won't well i guess it will be digitally but the next the, the second next time the time after the next time <laughs> that i see you i'll see you actually in person which i'm i'm very excited about because it's been y- literal years since we've seen each other in person that's so. true
2: it doesn't feel that way uh,
1: <laughs> no it doesn't um i'm excited though that should be really fun so be sure to be there monday night It's gonna be super duper fun, and it's also good to know that like we're gonna go watch a team that doesn't absolutely stink, you know, (laughs) you know, because when the season started, it was like, well, we're gonna have this event (laughs) where we go to a game, (laughs) and uh, you know, it should be fun. We get to see the that fiery Heat team, you know getting people all all messed up in the NBA. Uh, so, All right. Thanks so much for listening to our show. Uh, let's see. Let's go to the stream. Night pod. Uh, we have Unhandy Train, No Limit, Crimson King, Tyler Field, Nate Sanders, thunderfan 0 Travis Vogel, Momar, Kurt T, Twice God. Different, different crowd uh, for the PM p.m. pod uh, Lawrence Field Nate Sanders Augusto Sarmento Cody McChicken Joseph Dieterman Jake Arndt Simon Shin Grant A. Nichols Winskill 1969 Alex Fuller Jack What's up dude? Yanni uh, Andrew Lindgren Tanner Blosser game of thunder is in the chat thanks so much for joining everybody jesse smith uh, miguel de is here as always thank you everybody for listening for joining in on the stream if you want to join in on the stream be sure to subscribe to our youtube channel uh, youtube.com search down and Dunk. hit subscribe zach vobernick uh let's see. No dunks with a nice shout out for the Saturday Pod. Yeah, they've been shouting out the Saturday Pod like the past like few weeks, which has been very nice. It's a huge deal. Huge deal. Uh Frank Turman, David Cook, Mad Monk. Thanks so much for joining. And we'll talk to you guys again on Friday. <laughs>